Welcome to Seven Skills for the Future podcast. My name is Emma Sue Prince, and this podcast is based on the internationally selling book by the same name. This book focuses on seven important skills. They are adaptability, critical thinking, empathy, integrity, being proactive, being optimistic, and being resilient. And this podcast is all about how you can bring these skills into your everyday life so that you are living a life full of happiness, full of purpose, great relationships, doing work that you love, and just really getting the most out of life. Welcome to our Pivot series. I'm speaking to people from all walks of life who have made major changes in their lives and in their work after a usually traumatic event. I feel that no matter where we're at in our own lives, we can all take inspiration and learn from these stories, particularly when it comes to the skills we need to navigate change and move forward successfully. Today, I'm talking to Penny Bell. Penny is a successful podcast producer and journalist. Prior to this, she trained as a nurse and spent many years working for the UK National Health Service, the NHS. Penny talks about having the confidence to change careers a little later in life and the necessity to overcome the voice in your head and to keep finding ways to move forward and learn new skills. Some years back, Penny's mother was diagnosed with mixed dementia, Alzheimer's and vascular dementia, and Penny wanted to find ways to support her mum. And she realised that there was actually very little out there focusing on breaking down the barriers and stigmas around dementia. So Penny and her mum began the Discovering Dementia podcast. And this podcast won the Best Wellbeing Podcast in the British Podcast Awards this year and is a series of conversations between Penny and her mother. Welcome, Penny. Hello, thank you. Thanks very much for having me. Great to have you with us. So could you start by telling our listeners about what you do and how you got to be doing what you're doing? So I'm a podcast producer and broadcaster. I sort of came a funny route, I suppose, to get into it because I actually started my career as a nurse for a few years before thinking actually maybe I I want to work in media. And it was quite a big switch to make and didn't really seem to fit in any way, but I did make the switch. So I went back to university and I did a degree and then afterwards did postgrad in journalism and then worked as a journalist in radio. So that was kind of my early time. I've got those kind of radio skills and then life takes over and family and, you know, you try and make things fit. I ended up doing quite a lot in PR and communications just to work around the family. And so I left audio for a little while. But in 2013, I wanted to come back and podcasting was a thing. It was just a little thing, really, but it was a thing. And I thought that fits perfectly because you're doing it more on your own terms. I spent a long time working shifts in newsrooms and that just didn't fit with family life. But getting back into audio when technology moves on and things change and you don't know people anymore was, you know, quite a big 
big step. I managed to to find some work and and then I've just gradually been at it ever since. A big shift from being a nurse to going into media. That's so that's something I'd love to hear a bit more about. But also when I think about podcasting, I think about it very much as something that I do as a kind of supplement to all the other things that I'm doing. And you're talking about it as an actual career, you producing other people's podcasts. The first thing that got me back into it was um, I I joined something called Sound Women, which was uh, for women in audio who there seemed to be a ceiling beyond which they weren't kind of progressing for whatever reason. And so some quite senior people in radio and audio set this sort of I suppose like an activist kind of group up just to try and promote women give women more confidence they did lots of research and surveys and so I started volunteering for them and learned a lot about um, where the industry was at now and that was a brilliant kind of grounding to get back into it and through that I met someone who was setting up something called Podium podium.me which was a a company that wanted to work with young people and get them into the radio audio industry just by getting some experience in making podcasts so they were recording things on their mobile phones on different topics that we would give them sending those in and then we would edit them together to make a little podcast which showed their voices and because they were using their phones and interviewing their peers um, and these were people from 14 up to 25 we were getting some really great audio real stuff people having lovely natural conversations so that was a great way to kind of learn and and get a foot back in the door made me realize that I like that real kind of audio stuff and then Mm. from that having met more people in the industry I started to work for a company and have clients that were looking to make a podcast a bit like you were saying as sort of an added thing to what they already did to help promote their business or whatever so now I do a mixture of my own podcasts and then working for other people which allows you to learn and grow and pick up new techniques and learn new software or whatever. How long were you working as a nurse before you decided you wanted to do something else? Working full-time about seven years and then I carried on doing agency work whilst I went through university and I was junior sister level so I was running a ward had a reasonable amount of responsibility and I have actually since gone back and revisited nursing because I felt like I wanted to I don't know there's a bit of me that really loves looking after people and helping and trying to kind of support people through really challenging times so Mm -hmm. I did go back and um, refresh my nursing so I have been back on the wards in more recent times as well which is good. And it's actually led me to go with my podcasting on a more of a well-being health related podcast path, which is great because it's an area I love and I know something about. So if there are people who want to make podcasts in those fields, then that's absolutely my thing. I can almost kind of see now a connection between your previous profession and this one. So did you go back into nursing during the pandemic? Before the pandemic, I wasn't on the wards during the pandemic itself. I stopped doing it because I was getting so busy with podcasting, but also my mum has dementia. Unfortunately, her dementia got worse just prior to the pandemic. And I then needed to spend more time looking after her. And podcasting affords me the opportunity to working in a kind of different locations I don't have to be in one place turning up at a certain time so throughout life and career I've had to sort of change and shift what I've done to fit it's interesting listening to you because you've been able to do that over a period of time and as you say it's you know family and, and and flexibility and kind of adapting let's just talk a bit about when your life changes 
very quickly. So for many people during the pandemic, they've had to literally shift and change. If you think about some of the skills that have helped you, what do you think are the same skills that help us even if we're trying to adapt in a very short space of time? Well, in a way, I did have that experience of having to adapt at the beginning of the pandemic because I was working on my own podcast, which is called Discovering Dementia. And just before the pandemic, I had been very lucky and received a grant towards making my next series and I was working to a time scale um, as often grants require you to and I had spent the beginning of the year the sort of January February 2020 learning about what I needed to do setting up interviews going all over the country doing interviews and still had things to do and then I could see this pandemic coming along and I was so worried I wasn't going to get all my audio together and it was before we were really so comfortable with all this remote recording that we're doing now like you and I are doing and you know everyone's used to hearing people having conversations over zoom but I just was in a little bit of a panic about you know I've got this responsibility um through the grant and I, I need to fulfill that and what's going to happen and um but I managed to get all my audio together and so those, that first lockdown, I was able to be at home. I had everything I needed and yes. I could just edit. So it kind of came together. I was very fortunate. But, um, yeah, I suppose in a way there was that little bit of worry and then it sort mm-hmm. of settled down. But then, of course, it's what, what happens next and after that. Listening to how you pivoted before, there are skills there that you were strengthening that are possibly the same skills that we need if we're adapting to change generally or to, you know, make major change. So what do you think are some of those skills that you drew on? Try not to panic was yeah. one and say yes to things and kind of just, I don't know, I feel like I'm, as you say, I'm so used to pivoting. I yeah. almost don't notice. I, I know. I think that is the case just listening to you, but actually you've said two very interesting things there one try not to panic which when I think about that I think about trying to get yourself into a grounded place so you can focus and whatever you need to get you to that place where you can kind of be stable in even in the midst of a lot of things going on then the second thing that you said saying yes I think is really really powerful so I think when you're making changes like that you kind of need to be open for the opportunities that are out there be willing to learn and try things and make mistakes take risks those kinds of things you shouldn't worry too much about having all your ducks lined up in a row I think that in the past perhaps I have thought that oh I don't know how to use that bit of software you can learn those things quickly and almost if you've got something you have to do it makes you learn it and then you can move forward with that project you're sort of saying well I'll do that when I know how to do x you're kind of dampening down that opportunity especially during the pandemic when I think about all the skills I had to sort of learn very quickly often tech things which I wasn't always comfortable with but you're in a position where you have to you realize that you can yeah you can do a lot more than you think I think it also helps to have a goal in mind and I have I've never done this before in life. I was involved in a podcast recording with a person who's a TV psychologist and supports people on things like Love Island. She spoke very eloquently about, you know, things that can help you in life. And one of them was think about what your end goal is, even if it seems impossible, 
don't worry about that. Just have it in your mind as that's the thing you'd like to aim for. And so I've been trying to do that. And it, I've just found it amazing that it sort of seems to work. Yeah. <laughs> that If I have that thought, maybe you adapt yourself in some way, but somehow it kind of seems to come together. So when you say that goal, is that literally a thought or do you write it down or try to visualise it in some way? The visualising is useful. You can then sort of put the flesh on it a little bit and see what does it actually look like and what does that actually mean? And it doesn't have to be something massive. It can be just something simple. So I thought I might like to work more with clients who wanted to do podcasts around health and well-being. And so that kind of happened. And I don't know whether that's because then I was looking out for more of those things. It doesn't have to be something, you know, massive. If you kind of articulate what it is, whether you write it down or whether you're kind of just thinking about it, or maybe even if you tell someone else, it's almost like your brain kind of starts moving towards it. Penny, tell us about your mum and about your podcast, Discovering Dementia. I started that maybe three or four years ago now. My mum was diagnosed with dementia. I've been looking after her since my dad died. He had cancer and was very ill and in a hospice. And I did notice that my mum at that time wasn't managing things well. And obviously it's a horrendous thing to go through. So I put it down to that and to grief and things. But gradually afterwards, I began to realise something wasn't quite right. thought it was probably dementia. Eventually we, we went and got a diagnosis. For a while I thought, why do we need a diagnosis? But actually having that diagnosis means you can access medication and things. So in the end, we went and we got the diagnosis. Once we got it and we got our medication there wasn't really anything else to help us there was no one sort of saying this is what will happen next come back and see us in six months there was just it was just like nothing when my dad had had cancer we'd had you know Macmillan nurses and leaflets and it was a completely different if this is happening to us with dementia it surely it must be happening to other people and so I started to do research about things that were local to us or you know bigger national things that might be going on and then I thought well this might actually be useful I'll make it into a podcast and my mum was so up for it and being part of it because she I think had experienced dementia in her life with other family members and perhaps even it wasn't diagnosed or, or called that but she felt there was such a stigma around it that yes. people almost walked to the other side of the street because they don't know how to handle it or what to say and mm-hmm. so she was right really determined to speak about it what it felt like and say don't be scared of it it's just, this is what it is and you just have to do your best and get on with life and try and enjoy the moments mm-hmm. that you have we just started recording conversations we actually started just as she was diagnosed and um and and I mean in a way I have been documenting how things are getting worse and the decline because sadly it is a a progressive illness and it doesn't Mm -hmm. get better it might stay steady and then you have a dip and um, but um listening back now I can see how different she was when we started to how things are now when you say conversations they're just conversations with your mum yeah I go and see her a lot she lives an hour and a half away which is not easy I wish she was around the corner since she's happy in her home so our goal is for her to stay there as long as possible I just recorded things that we chatted about i take her out for the day we might record some of that then as I did more and more research I found things that I thought she might enjoy so I came across something called Dementia Adventure which was a a company that organized subsidized holidays for people with dementia but they provide support team members who take a small group away to somewhere in the UK into Norfolk and the Isle of Wight just arrange lovely days out things my mum liked I asked them if I could record our experiences and so 
that became a podcast, you know, just to show that you can still go away and do things and it yeah. is harder and not everyone can go on a holiday and access that and have that support. But I know my mum is keen to say, you know, you're still the same person when you go in and get your diagnosis that day, nothing really changes. And she's a musician, piano teacher for all her life and loves playing the piano every day still does that sort of trying to carry on and enjoy the things that you love what a wonderful thing to do because you've created something that makes the whole experience of dementia perhaps the understanding of it more accessible for people because they can listen to the podcast but you're also creating a legacy of these conversations with your mum I guess so and I also think now that I've thought about it perhaps it's a a coping mechanism as well Mm. because Mm it's very hard to unpack what's happening and keep it all internally I can talk to my family and so on but I don't know sometimes there's a limit to that perhaps this helps both of us we're in a very much more tricky phase right now Mm -hmm. when mum has moments where she can understand what's going on I can have a conversation with her a real conversation about what should we do next you know what's the best way to help you what would you like that's been established from the start I think it's fantastic if you look back over the last well I want to say the last 18 months but I kind of think it may be a bit going back a bit more than that but what would you say for you has been the most rewarding? In a way I'm having from a work perspective a career that I always wanted but never thought I would get I feel in many ways I'm quite a late bloomer (laughs) because I came to uh, you know I did my nursing which was so good and grounding and helped me learn a lot about life and people I always wanted to work in media and so I started late and I never thought I would get to a position where I was you know working with clients and producing things myself and being responsible and having my own podcast and be a presenter and all of that so I guess that's the surprise and I wonder if it's about having that goal in mind again just as my kids are getting older and independent and sort of leading their own lives I have now reached a time where I can do my own thing and I just didn't really ever expect that to happen. What about challenges? What have you found the most challenging? I suppose it's been trying to squash my anxiety about thinking I can't do things and believing that I can and I've worked with some really inspirational people over the last two years. Podcasts where I, for example, we had that interview with the TV psychologist. I've just learned a lot. I've been exposed to so many wonderful people who I've been able to sort of take on board lots of information, but I could easily have not done that. So it's been sort of squashing my anxiety and thinking I can't do things and moving into this space where I can say yes, and it doesn't matter if I'm not sure. And perhaps being a little bit older, not perhaps trying not to worry so much about stuff that I might have worried about earlier. Yes. Maybe that's my challenge is myself. (laughs) (laughs) I think for all of us. (laughs) Um, I think another thing that's really important is making time and space to think. I work in a creative industry and I do find you can get, you know, very busy rushing from one thing to another, making lists of all the things you've got to do. I have two dogs and I find every day getting out for a walk with them just allows that moment. And it's amazing what pops into your head when you just have that space And it's really hard to do if you're busy, if you've got family, you've got lots of things going on. But if you can, and you can do that anyway, it might be a dog walk, it might be doing some meditation or some yoga, it might be just cooking where your mind's focused on something and you can't think about anything. I just find things pop into your head. Just having a kind of routine of going to sleep, waking up, because if I haven't slept well, I don't 
do my best work and I don't feel my best and I worry. Those are the things that I find help me. But the time and the space to be creative yes. and think about things allows yeah. you, I think, to move forward. Giving yourself space to think, to process things. I mean, that's incredibly valuable, but we underestimate that, the power of that, I think. You know, it's very easy to kind of keep being busy, 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 but just giving yourself that space, as you say, whether it's a walk or mindfulness or or just doing something where your mind is focused on something else and sleep. So I think these are great tips and these are tips that listeners can do. They can do that now. Finally, if we want to know more about your work and what you do, how can we find you? Well, for Discovering Dementia, there is a website. It's discoveringdementia.co.uk. You can hear all the episodes there and um, there are some blogs there as well and, and links to all the social media so you can find and follow the podcast and what's going on with mum and things on that and then for myself um on twitter i'm at penny m bell and on instagram i'm podcast penny penny thank you again so much for coming on the show today it's been really lovely to have you with us thank you it's been lovely chatting to you mc thank you for listening to the podcast Make sure you subscribe to the show on your podcast player or on YouTube. And if you can leave us a positive review, we really appreciate it. If you want more support, tips and ideas to strengthen these skills, go to the website unimenta.com where you can take part in live masterclasses, self-access online modules and download lots of free resources. Get the book, Seven Skills for the Future in all major bookstores and on Amazon. And why not get yourself a copy of the 777 Journal to transform your life in just seven weeks through daily journaling practice. Thank you.